And welcome to the Confound Millennial, starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels and featuring special guest Diamante. Yay! How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it's always a great time when we have these musical guests on, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Been looking forward to it all week, actually. Um, and the more and more I've listened to you this past week, the more and more I regret not having heard of you prior. That's awesome. That's like, that's kind of the the goal. So that's that's actually really cool. Like I like all the bands I have on the show. I don't let people on the show if I don't like them. But the past few have been, you know, uh, just not my cup of tea personally. You know, not something I would go out of my way to listen to. I enjoyed it, but you know, as a I accept that they're talented, but it wasn't really my thing. This is my thing. Yeah, I like, love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love your music. I love all the people that you've kind of tore around with. Um, I'm surprised, really, that I haven't heard of you until this point. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you have now, and I'm glad that it's your cup of tea. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? So my name is Diamante. That's my real name, believe it or not. And I, I'm from Boston originally. I live in LA now. I am a songwriter, singer, performer. I do hard rock music. And I've been doing this ever since I was like 16 and uh, still going. So after doing it since you were 16, how do you, how do you keep going? Is it just as did you wake up one morning when you were 16 and like, this is absolutely what I'm going to do the rest of my life? It's that's kind of been the sentiment since I was nine, because mm. I just remember being in my room hours and hours just singing along to my favorite artists. And then kind of got into musical theater when I was around 10. And then when my whole family moved out here to L.A. from Boston, I discovered the School of Rock. And so that's when I was first exposed to rock music and I was able to cover songs by Blondie and Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and all these bands that I had not heard of yet. And I remember getting up on that stage at the Knitting Factory here in LA when it used to exist and just remembering how incredible that feeling was. And so I've just been chasing it ever since. Absolutely, we love dream chasers around here. Uh, since I was a kid, I said I would do something in entertainment, and here I am, talking to bona fide rock stars like yourself. So you Boom. got a new album coming out May seventh, right? Yes. Uh, May 7th. American Dream. 
I've listened to it uh, front to back, back to front, and there's not a bad song on there. Did you write? Thank you. Other than the cover, uh, did you write all of that yourself? Yes, which is um, a big factor for me because there were some songs on my first record that were kind of, in a way, handed to me by my record label. They they kind of like insisted on certain songs being on the album. So this time around, I was very adamant about writing my own stories and uh, and putting songs on the album that I wanted to put on the album and working with the songwriters that I wanted to work with. So all around, yeah, it was definitely a more hands-on experience this time. So this time you were your own boss. Yeah, which was both um, exciting and terrifying at the same time because now there's nobody to blame but me <laughs> if everything goes yeah. south. That's uh, that's terrifying, but it's also really liberating to be able to be like, if I want to do this, I'm going to do this. But Yeah, that yeah. was the the process of making this album completely in a nutshell is just ultimate freedom. Now, I, I noticed that some of the songs off of it are, uh, they were released about six months ago, one or two of them. Uh, have you been working on this album since then? Or were they yeah. thrown in uh, alongside it? Well, I've been technically working on this album since 2018 mm. because the, the very first song I wrote for the record was Wake Up Call, which I wrote in September of 2018. And I was just sort of writing because I felt like I wanted to write and I had I was going through a experience that was hard and heartbreaking and I felt like I had to write to to feel sane and get it out and it wasn't like you know my label was telling me I had to go back into the studio I was just sort of booking sessions on my own and working with people and before I knew it I started actually coming up with a whole album and so the cool thing is that I was kind of releasing songs as they were coming and continuing to write along the way so it's not like I had all these songs and then decided to release. I was kind of just going with the flow and seeing what I would come up with or what would happen. Right. Um, and you mentioned, oh, dang it, what was the song? Wake Up Call. That yeah. and Unlovable are my two favorite tracks off of the album. Oh, awesome. That makes me so happy. They're actually some of my favorites too. It's like, uh, I don't want to get too sad over here, but I was listening to Unlovable and I was like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, a lot of people do, actually. And I think that one was um, definitely one of the harder ones for me to write because it's so honest and um, it's not something that I talk about a lot, even though it's something that I think about a lot. So I'm glad that I was able to get it out in a song somehow. Right. And uh, you did very well at that, uh, conveying your emotions. And, you know, I think a lot of people, especially now, are going to, uh, that'll strike a chord with them. Because a lot of people, you know, we, uh, we talk about mental health and stuff on here. A lot of people are very lonely right now. Uh, yeah. Due to all the quarantining and the year of Corona and just all that. 
you know, I'm sure a lot of people identify with that at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe too subconsciously, that's maybe why I wrote that song because I was feeling a little bit of that too. Right. It's like, and it's so dang hard to meet people now. Like I just, uh, I just moved a couple states from Georgia to Kentucky and I've met oh, one man. person in person. Oh, that must be rough. Yeah. It's like, but it's so weird how all the different states are handling it because, you know, when I left Georgia, they're like, what's, what's Corona? When I go up to Kentucky, it's like, you got to have your mask on. Like you see people driving around by themselves with their mask on. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's like LA right mm-hmm. here. But it's weird around here because it's a little town in the middle of nowhere. And I could imagine, you know, the bigger towns like L.A. and New York, you know, obviously, absolutely a must. But uh, enough about that. I want to get into my absolute. I, I already said, you know, my two favorite tracks, but there's one that trumps it. And it's kind of like, you know, uh. I don't know. I absolutely, since a child, have loved the song Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. It is my jam. It is my favorite song to ever be written. And you did one of the best covers of it I've ever heard. Wow. Oh, thank you. That's a that's a huge compliment because those are some hard shoes to fill for sure. Oh, yeah. And... um. I didn't even realize who the male singer was at first. Uh, I was just focused on, oh my God, this is my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always been one of my favorite songs as well. And I have wanted to cover this song for years. And I was told no many times about covering it. And so, like I said, now that I have this whole newfound freedom, my first instinct when it came to covering a song with iris that's the Mm -hmm. one that's the one i've always wanted to do i'm doing it right now i wonder why why were you told no i don't know man i there's so many things that i just to this day will never understand (laughs) and uh um yeah i think sometimes we like artists, we have visions that maybe other people can't see at the time. And until they're finally executed, then people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. So maybe we, we just have more foresight about things than, than other people when it comes to our own music. I don't know. Right. Like you can never, you can never tell an artist what to do and what not to do. They'll find a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm one of those people where you tell me I can't do something and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do it now. Times five. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. So um, how, how, does, how does it work when you're recording a song featuring somebody else like Ben uh, from Breaking Benjamin? Do you um, actually do it in the same studio? Is it you record your half here, he records his half there? What's... What goes on there? Well, originally, I had already recorded my part of the song 
and then had the idea to turn it into a duet. And so when I asked Ben if he wanted to sing on the song, he said yes. And it was his idea actually to sing it together in person. He And the reason being that I didn't ask him is because he was out on tour. I was back here in LA. So I figured he could just sing his part and then send it over. And he told me that um, there's a whole different kind of magic when you're both in the studio at the same time and you're singing the song. And so he asked me to actually fly out to Reno to one of his shows. And we ended up recording the song on his tour bus, which was <laughs> epic and so much cooler than like my first idea. <laughs> wow. His, so does his tour bus like have all the recording studio stuff that he needs? Or was it like kind uh, of a rigged up situation? It was more so that we actually flew in his favorite vocal engineer and he sort of brought all the gear and it surprisingly wasn't a lot. He had his laptop, he had the the mic and you know a couple of cables and we just did it. That Boom. sounds awesome. That's some rock star yeah, life right there. It's super it was my first time recording on a tour bus. And Ben's like, yeah, I do this all the time. How do you think I can get my albums done? <laughs> but man, I, I would love to see them again. I uh, saw them one time and oh, they were sick. And I don't mean like sick yeah. as in like, yeah. I mean, they were sick. But he was like, oh. we're not going to cancel this show, like holding his gut. <laughs> we're not canceling this show, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's rock and roll right there. And uh, they could, you know, even barely being able to sing, they still sounded great. They had, it was a lot of throwing the mic over to the audience to cover for him while he caught, caught his breath. But it was still, it was a great show. They, they're good. That's awesome. But, yeah, I've I've been there once before and it is not fun. So props to those guys. So uh let's talk about touring for a minute. Uh who No, I'll ask this first. Got any like crazy tour stories? Like just absolutely <laughs> bonkers stuff that happened. Yeah, I, I do. Um I told this story yesterday too, so like it's just so funny how it keeps coming up. Um, when I was 18, I went on my second tour ever, and it, I was opening for Hinder. And if you know the band Hinder, you know that this is why it's one of my craziest tour stories. Um, we were partying on their bus one night after the show, and they tell me, hey, Dia, you want to see something cool? I'm like, yeah, you know thinking it's going to be like a, a card trick or like some kind of magic thing. And the bass player proceeds to take off his underpants, let it all hang out and light his nutsack on fire, <laughs> on fire <laughs> and leaves it on fire for a solid 20 seconds, completely unfazed, just standing there smiling at me. And, uh, I, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, he's on fire. And the rest of the band was like, no, he does this every night. It's, it's a normal thing. It's an every <laughs> night. But, but it will never, ever, ever leave my memory. Ever. What does he do? Like douse it with gasoline or something? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yep. 
Oh my God. I, yeah. I need a minute just to process this. <laughs> so what you can just the? picture poor 18 year old me, you know, thinking <laughs> I was just so uh, naive and innocent. And then that happened. <laughs> Uh, and forever your life was changed. Yep. And and I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Partying like rock stars, it's crazy. The closest I ever got to partying like a rock star was with a, uh, it was a gospel bluegrass band who I will not name, uh, but they party as hard as any rock star I've ever met. I don't have any crazy stories, but that's the only time drinking that I can't remember. Yeah, just <laughs> so that's how you know it was good. Or I would bad. just wake up on their bus. Where are my pants? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But so any other stories that don't involve incinerating nutsacks? Uh, another awesome event that happened around the same time a little bit afterwards i was opening for the band white snake and the last show was at house of blues in houston texas and david coverdale is like such a class act nicest dude uh, at the end of the tour he sent a bottle of champagne to my green room as a thank you and then i think the venue gave me a whole handle of jack daniels as well and i just uh you know, I had a couple of drinks before the show, whatever, all good. But then there was an after party after the show in the voodoo lounge with the fans. And I learned this lesson the hard way that every time someone offers you a shot, you don't always have to say yes, you know? Um, and so like 10, 12, how many later, I was supposed to get on a flight in two, three hours to go meet up again with the Hinder tour because I was kind of doing these two tours at the same time. And I got so obliterated, I couldn't even get up out of the hotel bed. My tour manager had to carry me into a luggage cart and wheel me out of the lobby into the Uber and then into the airport. And I was still in my complete performance outfit. I didn't even change. I was a a wreck and I you know go through TSA and the alarms start going off because apparently I have like the pyro residue still on me and they think I have a bomb on me <laughs> and then the TSA agent thinks or no he was actually at the show and he goes no I saw her at the show I remember her she was rad let her through so um, somehow through the grace of God I don't know what I made it on that flight but I was miserable the next day to say the least <laughs> that's always the next day is always the most fun. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm having like some PTSD, like flashbacks of drinking with some other podcasters. <laughs> they actually. I'm sure that's a good time. It's weird. Uh, my last guest uh, was actually one of those guys. Um, he and the re only reason I bring it up is his name is Diamonds. Oh, that's cool. So I have diamonds on one episode, Diamante on the next, or Diamante, sorry. Um, weird, but uh, man, never, if anybody ever tells you to drink eight steel reserves in a row, don't do it. Just don't do it. Noted. That is my uh, little bit of uh, wisdom to you today. So 
I'm going to bring it into the most important question that I think I'll ask. How long has your hair been blue? <laughs> so surprisingly, I've had blue hair now for five years because I did this in 2016, which is crazy to think about right now. Uh, I was blonde for a while and I kind of one day just had this impulse to do something drastic because I was bored of being blonde. I don't know or bored of life, I don't remember. <laughs> and I didn't, the funny thing is I didn't ask anyone's permission to go, you know, make a drastic change of look. Like not my label, not my manager, nobody. And I went to my hairdresser girl here in LA and she said, well, I have lilac purple and this electric blue color. So choice is yours. And I just, I went for the blue because it's always been my favorite color besides red. And I don't know, I, it kind of just stuck because it works. Um, my name means diamond. Diamonds are blue, I guess you could say. Uh, my like pseudo middle name is Azzura, which means blue in Italian. So it kind of just all worked together. And I'm surprised that it's been blue this long because I usually want to change things all the time. And uh, I never want to stick to anything too long. That's why I don't have tattoos. So. I don't know. Who who knows how much longer it'll stay blue. Hmm. Oh, man, just uh, be careful with those dyes. Don't buy anything cheap. My uh, yeah. friends always tell me that uh, me dyeing my hair green is the reason this is my hair now. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I've had situations for sure where uh, I fried all my hair off and I had to cut it up to here and then wait for it to grow. But it like the pains, the sacrifice you have to do to have cool colored hair. Absolutely. And um, so, sorry that I paused. I was trying to decide whether I was going to uh, ask this question now or later. I'm going to ask it later, and the audience will know when that question arises. But first, I got to ask you, and any nerd shit? Nerd shit. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge nerd. Um, I'm obsessed with anything Lord of the Rings. I love playing uh, RPG games like Fable and Skyrim. Those are my two favorites. Uh, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. I love Harry Potter. I was just, I've always been into these things and especially anything having to do with magic or anything supernatural. I'm all about it. I mean, uh, we uh, we tell ourselves or we describe ourselves as a show that has three weird um, kind of themes, music, magic, meaning the gathering uh, card game <laughs> and mental health. But uh, it's funny you say magic because I've got so much magic, the gathering stuff in this room. Every time you've said magic so far, I've just like ooh cards. I'm like, no, it's not cards. That's awesome. I actually have not played that yet. Hey, you should give it a try. Um, they're coming out next year with a set that's Lord of the Rings based. And I'm super oh excited God. for that. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Like they, uh, they haven't done anything like this before. They usually just have their own stories, their own characters, 
and they announced this year that they were going to do uh, a new series with other characters, and the first one's Lord of the Rings. That's so epic. I love Lord of the Rings. It's weird that you mentioned that you don't want any tattoos. I love tattoos. I've actually got a Lord of the Rings piece on my back, and I'm planning on moving it over and getting Smeagol and the Tree of Gondor. And I love the Tree of Gondor tattoos. I love all tattoos, actually. Like It's just so bizarre. I just don't like them on myself. I feel like if I were to get tattoos, I would... It wouldn't be natural. I would just be trying to look a certain part because you're kind of expected to have tattoos, I guess. But tattoos on other people, I love them. And I'll watch like Ink Masters sometimes and think I'm a tattoo expert when I'm not at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Lord of the Rings tattoos are so cool. I actually got, um, I took a little page out of This Wildlife, uh, a band. They always get their album covers tattooed on them. I finally went and I got my podcast logo tattooed last week. <laughs> That's awesome. Where'd you get it? Uh, on my arm, but my sleeve is too tight to show off right now. <laughs> but uh, it was, um, it's fun. It's uh, Getting a tattoo is like a therapy in its own way. That's what I've heard from a lot of people. But if you... Don't, if you think you'll want to change it in a week or a year, like just enjoy them on other people. Yeah, that's, that's my one fear that, um, because I will be super into something and then six months later, like forget all about it. So I think, but for some reason, the only thing that I've been consistent with is this. (laughs) So, um, Another thing that I had almost forgot about is they just announced the lineup for incarceration. Oh, yeah. How stoked are you to be on that list? I am so stoked, especially because I've only been playing these festivals since 2019. So I've only ever played two so far. And every year, like leading up to this moment, I would see the incarceration lineups announced and think one day I would, I would kill to play on this festival. So it's so cool to be able to do it this September. And like the fact that Mudvayne is headlining on the day that I'm playing and um, all these bands that I'm friends with, I'm going to get to go see. I'm just so excited. I'm thinking about, uh, making a five-hour drive just to come out and see you and reach NYC. All the other yeah. bands, that's a bonus. But to actually see people that I've had on my show, that is a dream to me. Do it, do it, do it, do we'll it. We'll see what happens. It's about sold out at this point. Is it really? Yeah, wow. like they're already like... Uh, post i went ahead and followed them on instagram the other day and they keep like these tickets are sold out these tickets are sold out you know every couple of hours like it's gonna be as packed as it can get nowadays and would that be your first show playing since the world stopped it would be my first show with a crowd so Mm. yeah because i i did two live stream like virtual concerts um, in this last year, because 
I just, I had to play a show and I wanted to connect with people again. And it just, um, I felt like I was still doing something and they were fun, but there's just no comparison to the real thing. The last real show I played was December, 2019. So it's been a minute. That's a, uh, it's weird thing in 2019 wasn't last year. Like it's 2021. I know. Now. It's, I feel like 2020 was just a, what's it called? Like a mulligan. It was just a mulligan year. It didn't really happen. Like when yeah. I turned 24, I'm like, what? No, I'm still 23. It didn't count. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think everybody feels that way about last year. It was just, and this year has just been a continuation of the weirdness. Yeah. I think things are just going to get weirder and weirder the rest of our lives. I think it's going to be a lot of adapting for sure. But, um, man, just thinking about that show and all the people you're going to be playing with, I'm hyped for you. It's, um, it's so cool. I have other festival dates announced in that month as well. Um, but nothing announced yet, actually, sorry, but I have them planned and I'm so, so excited. So awesome. Hey, if you ever get to the bumfuck middle of nowhere, Kentucky, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have any other big plans coming up? Uh, any specifically any merch, any way that we can support you during this time of live shows not being a thing? Yes, I'm getting ready to uh, release brand new merch to go with the album. I spent a lot of time like being hands-on with designing the vinyl, which is going to look so cool, um, and then physical CDs as well. I, I love having something tangible in my hands, so I'm all about the vinyl. Um, and the designs are really cool. They're like all Americana-themed. Um, yeah, and hopefully I can, you know, see people wearing those in person at shows soon. That would be that would be great. And yeah. uh, is there already a website, or do I have to wait to post that link? No, there is. Um, okay. So my website is thisisdiamante.com, and then the merch store is just store.thisisdiamante.com. All right, I'll have the links below. And... Do you have anything else that you would like to add before we enter our last, uh, you know, goodbyes and all of that goodness? Just that American Dreams out May 7th. Um, I have some really cool music videos that I filmed for the songs on the album that haven't been released yet that I cannot wait for everyone to see. And that hopefully a tour in 2022 and hopefully I'll get to come visit you in Kentucky and uh come play a show there oh yeah that would be great 2022 looking forward to it and uh so the last thing that i gotta say is and everyone has told me not to do this but <laughs> it's the pr company's fault really he should have known better than to send me a blue-haired chick to come on the podcast i told my friends like hey this diamante person's coming on and they're like I know of her. Steven, don't have her on the show. She has blue hair. I'm like, I gotta have her on the show. Will, will you marry me? <laughs> I don't have a ring, but I've got this Tamagotchi that I can offer. 
Done. Wait, is it blue? Uh, it is white. I painted it my podcast Ooh. colors. I can paint it blue. I got blue paint. It's going to have to be blue. I'm a painter. Okay. All right. I'll paint it blue. Have you back on the show. Ask again. <laughs> Amazing. And this has been the Confound Millennial, starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels and featuring Diamante.